You are listening to Bitcoin, Blockchain and the Technologies of Our Future with Naomi Brockwell. Is your word processor spying on you? Oh, come on. So my computer's spying on me, my phone's spying on me, and now you're trying to tell me that my word processor is spying on me too? Well, it depends which word processor you use. Microsoft 365's entire office suite was recently banned in German schools over privacy concerns. This led us down a rabbit hole of trying to understand what data Microsoft collects from us when we use their office suite applications like Word, Excel, PowerPoint, etc. It turns out that Microsoft collects more data from these activities than its users may realize. That's what we're going to dive into in this video. We're also going to look at a privacy-focused Office Suite alternative, LibreOffice, and how it compares. Let's start with understanding Microsoft's Office Suite. An Office Suite is a collection of software that usually covers documents, spreadsheets, slide presentations, etc. Microsoft Office is one of the most used suites of programs worldwide. They've become so common that their programs have worked their way into our daily vocabulary. Do you have the PowerPoint for your presentation? Put those figures in an Excel sheet. I'll send you the Word doc. As of 2022, Microsoft's Office 365 had the largest market share of major Office suites, controlling over 48% of the market. And they set the standards for document formats. Basically, every other document suite will let you save documents in Microsoft Office's file format as a .doc or .docx file, for example. Their product line can get confusing, though, with what are considered online and offline versions of their products. Although, as we'll explain, the line between them is actually blurrier than you may realize. Microsoft Office is considered their offline software, where you buy a license and a one-time purchase and you keep it forever, as opposed to having an ongoing subscription that you have to keep paying to access. But let's clarify the keep forever part, because this can get confusing too. Microsoft considers Office 2013, Office 2016, and Office 2021 completely separate products. So it's not like you buy the license once and then get access to these newer versions as they come out. Microsoft handles updates for each of these products separately. Mainstream support for each version ends after five years, while extended support ends after 10 years. This means that Microsoft will release security updates for that period, but then the product will be deprecated and you'll have to buy a license for a newer version in order to keep using secure software. So it's more like buy a license and keep for a few years and then buy a newer license. Because even if you still have the old software, you shouldn't run software on your computer that's no longer maintained and doesn't receive security patches, because it can put your system at risk. Lately, Microsoft has been pushing everyone towards what they call Microsoft 365, which is their subscription model, where you pay a regular fee to rent the software, and you always have the latest version. This is what they consider their online software, where you can work on your documents online through a browser and collaborate with others in real time. Much in the same way that Google Docs works. Or you can also download the software to your machine, but even when you download the software, you still have access to online functionality and can use things like connected experiences. This integrates internet-connected tooling directly into your workflow, like the ability to download online content into your work in real time. And you can allow Microsoft to analyze your documents and make suggestions about design and content. Use Analyze Data to quickly ask questions about your data and get high-level visual summaries, 
trends, and patterns without writing complicated formulas. Connected experiences really is just their fancy name for cloud services. The term cloud has gotten a bad rep for privacy and security, so the website OfficeWatch suggested that perhaps Microsoft is doing a rebrand to make people think that what they're providing is different. People don't like the word cloud. We need something to boost confidence in our product. How about a rebrand? Something about community? Something more sensual? Hmm, great work, Tommy. <laughs> How about connected experiences? Oh, I like it. Brilliant. So we'll keep sending their data to Microsoft, we'll analyze it, we'll be super opaque about whether or not we're sharing that data with third parties, and whether we're keeping the data secure, and they'll still love us because community! <laughs> 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 we could just start respecting our users' privacy instead and not collecting their data. Let's dive into the data collection practices that Microsoft engages in. A scathing report came out recently from Germany, where Microsoft came under fire by the Federal German Data Protection Authority and 16 state regulators who formed a working group called DSK. They were not impressed with the lack of transparency in Microsoft's data collecting practices, what personal information was collected, and the potential for third parties to access it. They stated, Microsoft does not fully disclose which processing operations take place in detail. In addition, Microsoft does not fully disclose which processing operations are carried out on behalf of the customer or which are carried out for its own purposes. They determined that the use of personal data of the users, e.g. employees or students, for the provider's own purposes precludes the use of a processor in the public sector, especially at schools. This essentially means that due to the lack of transparency, it is impossible for regulators to assess from the outside exactly what information Microsoft is collecting and how it is using this data, making it unlawful to use under GDPR. So Microsoft 365 has since been banned in German schools. The report also stated that according to the DSK's discussions with Microsoft, it's not possible to use Microsoft 365 without transferring personal data to the USA. During a webinar on operating system telemetry, IT security expert Klaus Möller noted, sensitive or personal information will be transferred to Microsoft who maintains most of its service outside the European Union. This is a big privacy concern as it makes the personal data of EU citizens available to the US government. It is subject to a lot of legislation from the American government to give over information to law enforcement. It probably seems obvious when you're using something like connected experiences that a lot of data is being sent to Microsoft. For example, when you download remote content, like when using the stock data type, you're telling Microsoft which stocks, funds, or indexes you want information on. They're not transparent about who this information is then shared with. And by allowing Microsoft to analyze your content to provide you with design recommendations, editing suggestions, and data insights, etc., they're getting the whole shebang. Klaus Müller said, There is a tracking of users, especially for the advertising, which raises privacy concerns. And then there is quite a bit of telemetry that is taken from the operating systems and the application. And this applies whether you're using their online Microsoft 365 product or whether you're using the supposedly offline Microsoft Office. Not only does Microsoft Office also have a cloud component, but they also collect telemetry about your activities even when not using any cloud services. Telemetry is the general process of collecting data, like tracking performance or analyzing processes and operations of a machine or system. There has been a big push 
towards data-driven decision-making in many software companies, leading them to increasingly collect this telemetry from users. Have you ever gotten an error message that tells you the program crashed and asked whether you want to send a report to Microsoft? That's an example of telemetry. It can also be called diagnostic events, although they're slightly different things. Diagnostic events are specific events that are generated by the software that can provide detailed information about the state of the system or device at the time the event occurred. These can be useful for troubleshooting or diagnosing problems. Let's say, for example, that we get diagnostic data that Word starts slowly a thousand times. Was that one poor person that it happened a thousand times to? Was it a thousand people scattered across the globe and it happened one time each? Knowing this information helps us diagnose the problem and fix it. While telemetry and diagnostic data can be useful forensics tools, they can also log things about your activities that can be quite invasive and unintentionally reveal personally identifiable information about a person. They can allow companies to siphon up data about your activities when you're not even aware. According to the German report, just starting an Office app or clicking save can send information to Microsoft. And what's alarming is that telemetry and data collection cannot be turned off completely. Microsoft categorizes the data it collects into three broad categories, required diagnostic data, optional diagnostic data, and connected experiences. Connected experiences gets a lot of data about the user's activities. Optional diagnostic data provides more fine-grained telemetry, such as load times and what shapes you insert into Word documents. Microsoft claims that this data does not include a user's name, email address, the content of the user's files, or information about apps unrelated to Office, and they say that you can opt out. Required diagnostic data cannot be opted out of, and includes things like the type and version of your device, what updates are installed, and data generated after app crashes. It's worth noting that some of this data falls under the definition of personal data under European GDPR rules, although Microsoft claims that this is pseudonymized. Anything that Microsoft self-reports, we can only take their word for it. A notable omission is that Microsoft does not even claim to pseudonymize the optional diagnostic data. One question you might have is how can Microsoft Office send information about your activities to Microsoft when you might not even be connected to the internet at all when using it? The German report explains that when you first download Office, you also download a telemetry module they call ARIA. This module also launches each time you launch your Office software. ARIA is responsible for capturing activities in Office and sending this information to Microsoft. It does this each time a user closes the Office application. But if the user's not connected to the internet and so the information can't be sent, ARIA stores these diagnostic events in persistent storage and then sends it when the user becomes connected to the internet again. So you may think that you're using software offline so that your activities can't be collected, but your computer just remembers what you did and sends the information later. Beep. So much of our world's documents and information, including research, company financials, or private correspondence, relies on Microsoft products. Given how opaque their data collection practices are, it may be worthwhile looking to alternative products that provide more transparency. While a few years ago, the alternatives lacked the polish needed to be an actual viable alternative to Microsoft, these days it's completely possible to switch products and not interrupt your workflow. A lot of my work revolves around using word processors and spreadsheets, and I've now switched away entirely from using Microsoft Office and instead use something called LibreOffice. LibreOffice 
Canvas is a free and open source office suite that includes a word processor, a spreadsheet program, a slide tool, and other software for creating and editing all kinds of documents and presentations. The layout is super similar to Microsoft Office and compatible with the same file formats. So it's a popular tool with approximately 200 million active users. It's for those who want a feature-rich Office suite without the Microsoft baggage. It's developed and maintained by the Document Foundation, a nonprofit organization based in Germany. It could be used on Windows, Mac, or Linux machines. When downloading LibreOffice, you can choose either the latest version, which is great for most personal use cases, but is marketed towards technology enthusiasts, early adopters, or power users. Or you can opt for a slightly older version that doesn't have the latest features, but has been tested for longer. LibreOffice recommends this for business deployment because it's considered a more stable version. When using the product, I didn't have any learning curve. It's so similar to Microsoft and Google offerings that you'll find all the buttons and tools are right where you want them to be. If they're not, you can also choose different user interfaces and toolbar layouts, or customize it completely. I can output files in almost any format, from those supported by Microsoft to the open document format, which was a file format originally created to provide an open standard for Office documents. You can choose the default of how you want files to be saved in the settings. I found some occasional glitches with the software when I copy and paste, but it happens rarely. It's usually minor and fixable by clearing formatting. But overwhelmingly, I'm thrilled at how smoothly LibreOffice runs, and making the switch away from Microsoft Office was seamless for my workflow. The best part about the switch has been the increased privacy. LibreOffice doesn't have a telemetry module like Microsoft does. What users do is completely private and stays on their own machines. The only data sharing is in the form of crash reports, and these are always optional and anonymous. No identification information is sent and no document content is sent. Although LibreOffice is free, if you do switch over, I highly recommend you donate to the project if you can, because it supports those who keep this software functioning. Currently, they only support fiat options, but hopefully they will add crypto soon, and in particular, privacy coins, so that people can support the project without being forced to feed the financial system with even more of their data. It's worth noting that if you're looking for a Microsoft 365 or Google Docs alternative for real-time online collaboration, we have a video diving into some of our favorite options for that collaborative work that you should check out. You don't have to let companies collect your data. You can choose more private alternatives. And these days, as privacy sits increasingly at the forefront of many people's minds, there are lots of privacy-focused alternatives to mainstream products to pick from. LibreOffice is definitely worth your time checking out. If you have alternative products that you like and you think that we should check out, let us know. Your privacy is largely in your hands, and you can choose better options. Hopefully this video will help you feel empowered to reclaim some of your digital life and explore better tools out there. NBTV is funded by community donations. If you'd like to support our free educational content, head to mbtv.media support. As a non-profit, donations are tax deductible in the USA. Also, just liking, sharing, commenting on, and subscribing to our channel also really helps. Thanks so much for watching through till the end. I'm a Bitcoin, staring, I'm staring